Welcome to episode three of The Publisher Perspective, a podcast that gives publishers and media owners a platform to discuss what they've done well recently, what they're excited about, and generally promote the media side of the media industry. I'm James Pringle from Suggestive. I will be your host for the series. Today, we're delighted to welcome Lauren Dick, Director of Business Development of Mail Metro Media. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. So um, today we're actually going to discuss a bit more about content and outcomes, aren't we? And um, so we'll get into that in a second. But first, we're going to start with our usual quick fire questions. So starting off, Lauren, what is your favourite app at the moment? Okay, so if I'm being really honest, the the, t- the things that I spend most of my time on are, I love kind of crystals and horoscopes and everything like that. <laughs> and I'm obsessed with this app called The Pattern, which basically puts in your birth chart and where you were born and your time of birth and everything. And then it changes on a daily basis. So it'll tell you like what mood you'll be in that day based on your chart. But then it also tells you like what's happening in the wider world. So that's kind of like my hippie side. But from a more like the industry perspective, the app that I love is Entail, okay. which is a visual podcasting app. I am obsessed with podcasts. I literally listen to them. <laughs> it feels like 24 hours a day I have something in my ear. Um, but they kind of bring that right behind the curtain element to it so you can see what's going on behind the scenes, what's happened while they're filming it. But they also give you a much more tactile experience. So it's almost like the best of Instagram and podcasts brought into one. Nice. What's the spookiest thing that the pattern has come up with that you like? How did they predict that? (laughs) It's not like prediction. I don't live my life by it. It's more um, like affirmations and like, oh, today today you should be wary of people trying to steal your energy. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm saying it out loud, I realise that it's a little bit niche. Um, But it's great. Oh, my God, everyone should get it. It's It's... It feels accurate, but I think that because I'm not sceptical of that whole kind of uh, environment, I I love it, so I really want to buy into it all. Fair enough. So you go into it with an open mind. Exactly. And you reap the reward as a result. Exactly. I'm really putting myself across as some like hippie, <laughs> surrounded by crystals, burning sage. It's no. all the rage at the moment. Um, I just find it super interesting, and I find it... You, because you can really easily tailor it to kind of people who you're with and stuff that's going on around you, you can be like, oh, yeah, that actually is quite interesting. Nice. Um, so then what's your favourite TV ad? This is such a hard one. And I've kind of got a few that I wanted to, Go for to it. cover. Okay, so of all time, I have two. And they would be, this is, oh, I don't even know when this is, probably the 90s, early 2000s, and it was about sharing, and it was cart door, and basically they were all, a family all sat around their table having a Sunday lunch, and they're, they're sharing whatever's going on, like from the middle dishes, and someone says something to the, the old nana at the end of the corner, at the end of the table, like, oh, and uh, can you pass the P's dad and he goes he's not your father we never knew who your father was and then it's like some things are for sharing and for everything else is cart door love that literally I when I great think slogan of that, when I think of that I think of all of my friends at school like that's what we used to say like that resonated so much I could say that to them now I did canvas actually this on whatsapp this morning and everyone said about the he's not your father I was like yes that one but I think the standout of all time has to be um and I, I actually implore you, anyone who's my age, 
to have a Jaffa cake and not think of this while they're eating it, which is the full moon, half moon, total eclipse as you eat a Jaffa cake. Great ad. And that's not how I eat Jaffa cakes. I do that around the edges and then eat the chocolate, then the middle. But even so, I still think of that playing through my mind every single time I see or think of a Jaffa cake. So that has really lasted the test of time, which is the mark of a great ad. Yeah, it sort of makes the product playful in a way, which is quite clever. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, great. So <laughs> um, there's some great answers. So uh, now let's move into the, the, the sort of more industry stuff around um, what it's like to be a publisher and kind of what's going well. So as it stands, um, what do you feel is the best thing about being a publisher? Yeah, so certainly for us, I think that nothing is off the table. And that's kind of, it's a great opportunity in that we are so tactical, everything is dictated, like the only thing that dictates our agenda really is the news cycle. So it can change in a heartbeat. And when you kind of couple that with an ecosystem, digital publishing, which is just constantly evolving, you think I've not even been working for 10 years and in that time, Twitter, didn't exist when I started, Snapchat didn't exist, Instagram didn't exist, Facebook did, but it wasn't commercial. Um, we, and we could do that for every single publisher, kind of what they had then, what it is now, just to show kind of how much that's evolved and how quickly everything's changing. And also, and I think this has come up in your discussions before, how much closer everyone's got as a, as a publishing community, everyone has gotten a lot, a lot closer in terms of moved away from that this is my competitor and I truly understand that because there's six of us who do the same thing or ten of us who do the same thing and now there's so many people and there's so many ways that you can publish content and be a be a publisher um be a media owner that actually you're kind of wanting to pull out what are they doing really well what are they doing really well how do we kind of leverage those things to work for your audience for your platform so I think that's what keeps it exciting that there's just literally nothing the sky is the limit in terms of what it could look like next and the infrastructure and the tech is constantly evolving to allow that change. Yeah and there has sort of been that change around sort of publishers realising that we're sort of all championing the same thing which is importance of content, importance of media within society and the exciting opportunities around it rather than sort of seeing each other as competitors so much. Um, so in that sort of on that topic, you know, what's the biggest opportunity then? If the if the sky's the limit, what's the big one at the moment for this for this year and maybe next year? Yeah, so I think, and as as you kind of alluded to at the start, in terms of the outcome uh, outcomes, content will continue to play a huge part, and we will start to see more like individual pivots to depending on what that publisher's audience is, how what platforms are working for them, how they're publishing different types of content. But more and more, and particularly in the media and the advertising side of the ecosystem, it's not just good enough to be like, oh, we made a Jack Cakes ad that everyone still remembers. What we really need to demonstrate is, and how has that impacted Jaffa Cake sales? And how do we now incorporate Jaffa Cakes into baking or into a whole new product range? And I think that that product range and the whole element of e-commerce and kind of D2C brands really really has a moment to shine in that the ecosystem is there it's completely flexible and it's free to access for everyone so you can almost become a publisher in your own right 
or existing publishers can start to leverage their audiences and what they know and those key insights to actually create kind of real life experiences, real products, physical things. There's, I think that's a huge opportunity in that whole whole space. And is that what director business development means? It's like searching for those partnerships with brands or other publishers to create deeper experiences? Do you mean my title? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I would say it kind of encompasses a whole range of things. So a, a lot of the time it is looking at third party tech and different vendors who we can work with to power what we think is going to be like the next iteration of our content and the next iteration of our product to the market. But it also can be, well, actually, what do we think are the areas that are working where across the market and where are the opportunities for new revenue streams and diversifying our portfolio? So, yes, products would be one element of that. And that one just feels like it's flying at the moment in that everyone from really traditional brands, so the kind of magazine publishers, who have kind of long had licensing deals in place with the likes of, I'm going to get these wrong, but things like Men's Health having protein powders or um, Home and Garden having, it's not Home and Garden, Country Living, I think it is, have their own sofa line. And they've always kind of put those big powerhouse brands, have put them, put that brand directly associated to the products that they talk about. And where the whole industry has kind of pivoted to everything being, okay, the content and the context is one thing, but actually that audience likes a breadth of things. Like I said at the start, I like podcasts, but I also like horoscopes. And so starting to understand the profile of that audience and what they would buy is a whole new opportunity because you don't then have to say, well, this is my media brand and this is what it stands for. And therefore I'll only make products that are associated to that. You can cut it any which way because you say, well, this is the audience that we have and we speak to and regularly engages with us. And what they love to buy is online mattresses or whatever I'm just making this up yeah. and you start to actually be able to build out whole new business models from within the audiences that you have and that is exciting super exciting yeah. because media consumes everyone's lives to some extent you know everyone's on their mobile consuming content and so and to, just, to no... understand the trends around that and then tap into that is exciting. Exactly. And I think that's it. When it's trend-led, there's no end to it because you just continue to repeat the model based on what's topical, what's working. And you could have a whole range, whether you want to tie up to Love Island because it's the biggest thing on TV or whether you want to tie up to um, something kind of like more of a social cause, like say period poverty or... I don't know, you, there's a whole spectrum of things that you could be doing and it's really kind of anyone's market to tap into that. And it, how, so this is slightly off topic, but how is it getting the balance right between the sort of serious stuff and the more lighthearted stuff and the commercial opportunities around that? So I think first and foremost, we're a news publisher and that will always dictate the, the agenda of our content. But more and more, we're seeing such a depth of engagement with our content from news, lifestyle, sports, all the different topics that we cover, that it kind of, it, it's more about the environment and the platform and the, the mindset, I guess, that, that that particular user is in at that time and why they've come to it and more understanding the like traditional, this is kind of how I think traditionally about TV, more understanding that emotional side and the attitudinal kind of uh, thoughts 
of your audience and making sure that what you're doing is right for them at that time and how they're consuming rather than yeah. just being one size fits all this is how we're going to deliver it yeah and apart from you guys who else do you think is doing this quite well who who really understands their audience and is creating the right content and outcomes for those for their audience yeah i think i mean there's loads of people doing exciting stuff i mentioned the magazine publishers in my previous example and then you've obviously got um, Nat and Jamie and Jungle doing their own thing in that space. And yeah, they they have that perfect kind of combination of it's an audience, but it could be sources, spicy sources, or it could be personalised socks, which is just mad to yeah. think about it. Um, but I also think that there's been such a conflation of all these different types of topics and like how we how we leverage audiences to power content, to power video, to power product, um, and who the faces of those will be, that someone like a Global, I think is really exciting at the moment in that they have almost kind of quite quietly gone for a bit of a domination with now linking into out of home, having their kind of data strengths in their DAX product, but also starting to cross over into the particularly like the podcast and the radio host that they have a lot of them are kind of social stars in their own right so they already understand the ecosystem within the big platforms and now they're translating that into kind of new types of programming and we see that for example mother pucker she writes for she writes column in grazia but she also does the heart show and she also obviously has huge audiences and she's using all of that to leverage what's a really important agenda to parliament around flexible working so you start to kind of see actually it isn't just like what is one person doing alone what is one publisher doing alone the ecosystem comes into play and it's about how we leverage each of those different elements for the for the greater good for the outcome whether that's a brand outcome whether that's a sales outcome or whether that is something more worthy yeah and they're obviously you know a radio business so with audio at the moment that's super exciting for them and they are doing some good stuff on video as well. Um, so back to kind of male metro media, what's the best thing you guys have done in the last six months to tap into this kind of content outcome, cross-platform, cross-device, kind of like audience reach out to, to build that kind of experience? Yeah, so for us, we haven't, the last six months hasn't been where we've been building audiences. We have a very established base, um, we've built that scale and it's now kind of how do we tailor the content to it and I'd say in the last six months one of the big focus areas and the kind of where we've made the most changes has been in video so both from a different types of player different types of content thinking about different programming whether it's right for watch first I mean yeah take Facebook on its on its own we have video within the Facebook platform in feeds in stories in watch channels moving into messenger they are all very, very different engagement scenarios for a user. And we have to think slightly differently about what, what are we buying in? What are we creating? What are we creating with brands? What are we creating as a roundup? Like how, how does our user want to see video? So that's grown exponentially for us. And I think the programming and longer form content will actually be more and more what you see coming out of us in the next six months to a year. We've already seen in the US um, our TV venture is in 99% of households and it won uh, two daytime Emmys and it's the top rated since TMZ did a launch and that's a kind of 
that's taking what we do, celebrity news, doing the roundup in a very e-news style content. What we haven't yet really scratched the surface of is, well, what does other programming look like? Because we have the audience, they spend a lot of time with us. What does it look like if we started to make brand new TV shows or even brought back iconic TV shows? I don't know. That's where I think. So could we see a Daily Mail program on Netflix? Yeah, I think that's absolutely possible. Interesting. That would be awesome. Uh, just to see like a collab like that. We've seen things like Vice go onto 4OD and so it'd be interesting to see how the OTT space kind of affects publishing and yeah. what and the I crossover think is. To your previous point, that's where you'd see a clear delineation between kind of serious news, documentary style, investigative journalism versus something like light and fluffy or one of the things I always say is a great example like we should do Megan watch I would love that I would watch Megan watch whether we start it when she has the baby and that she you can see that she is driving a very new wave of royals and how she's engaging with her audiences on Instagram and how much she wants to share about the good work her and Harry are doing in the charities and causes that they support I actually don't think that it's a million miles away from it and it, I don't mean let's look at what she's wearing I mean let's look at what they're doing and what it means and what the nuances are and actually so much of the royals there's this great Instagrammer called E Holmes I don't actually know what her first name is that's just her handle and she does um, so many thoughts where she critiques all of the kind of nuances and the hidden messages of what Kate and Megan are doing at all of their public appearances. And I think something like that would make great video programming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if there was something that publishers could unite on or collaborate on, uh, from your perspective, what do you think that could be? Um, well, as I say, I think that we are definitely getting a lot better at having those conversations and being quite a united front on certain topics. From a news publishing perspective, the one that really still has the most impact is content verification, brand safety. And more because we've created such confusion around this um, ac across the ecosystem, there's such confusion and there's such a lack of standardization that actually we've, we've kind of now conflated a really, really emotive topic of like trust and transparency we've conflated that with brand safety and brand sensitivity and kind of there's no there's no structure to exactly what the rights and the wrongs are so I, that feels like the next thing that we should tackle as a group yeah i mean standardization around brand safety i think would be hugely powerful for publishers yeah. and if we're doing standardization across that we should look at actually how do we look at standardization across publishers across platforms and, and actually have a really core set of rules and regs so that people actually know what works, what doesn't. Because it's one of the key differentiators of professionally created and curated content is that it's a trusted environment and you don't get some of the issues that have been flagged recently by yeah. the big, big platforms, let's yeah. say. Um, yeah. So if there was standardisation, that would help, I think. But again, we've, we've already said earlier that this, what's a publisher now? It's such yeah. a difficult thing to, to determine. You've got kind of traditional publishers and then really anyone who's creating content, anyone who owns media space um, can classify themselves as a publisher. And it's very, very difficult when one end of the spectrum is being held to 
um, Ipsos and editorial codes and the ASA and the and the rest of it kind of feels like the Wild West. And I feel like in 2019 we should be a lot further ahead in how professional we are as an ecosystem yeah. um, and how trusted we are because it's a huge business, the advertising business. It is. So Lauren, can you leave us with a final thought? Uh, yes. I think it's... It's, there's never been a more exciting time to be a digital first publisher because the opportunities are endless and the ecosystem is now developed enough that actually anything you want to try is something that we can we can put that into practice very quickly, very easily and we can see straight away whether it's working and if it's not, you change, you change, you continually evolve. So yeah, it's a super exciting business to be in at the moment. Yeah, it would be awesome to see a Daily Mail documentary on Netflix or something. I think that's that's pretty cool. So thank you very much. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me.